Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Business Consulting. Each week we chat with amazing guest experts all aimed at helping you grow your VA business. So sit back, grab a cuppa and tune in for a fun-filled episode. Welcome listeners to this week's episode of Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. And we're recording this today on the 26th of January, although it's probably not going out until sometime later in February, I think, or might even be March. I'm a bit confused. Time seems to be standing still, doesn't it, Jo? It does indeed, although in this house, while time is standing still with lockdown, I've noticed this morning that my two children are growing even more. So in some instances, time is really not standing still. Oh, dear. And you can't go to the shops. It's online shopping for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's a couple of times a week. I think they must be going through some sort of growing phase because there's just not enough food in the house at the moment. (laughs) I was thinking more clothes and they're growing out of their clothes. Oh, yeah, that's um, the the, um, new tracksuits that I bought uh, in November. Um, I've got about, oh, I don't know, two centimetres between the bottom and the trainers this morning. So, yes, we're... (laughs) We're going back into the online shop world. But, I um... think so. That sounds, <laughs> but that's good. That's good. It's good that they're growing and that they're thriving. So that's, oh, that's, yeah, that's, absolutely. that's good news. Absolutely. That's good news. Frustrating a bit though, but good news all overall. Well, I think it would be more upsetting if they weren't growing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, um, we thought listeners today that we because of the guests we've got coming on shortly we thought we'd talk a little bit about accreditations and qualifications so how important is it to have a qualification and when you go to want I was going to say get to employ somebody but I suppose you do employ somebody even if it's on a freelance basis the word employ means to work with them so if you're going to work with somebody how important is it to you that they have an accreditation is that something that you look for what do you think Joe is that something that you would look for to see if the person who's you're going to engage to do xyz has a qualification in xyz it's it's a difficult one because in my previous life as a project manager there were a lot of accreditations um and those people who had been through those rigorous accreditations um were considered slightly more skilled because they had underpinning knowledge in a lot of the work that i've done as a va there hasn't been that same level of accreditation Mm. as such and it's you know that there's a it's a big conversation you know about accreditation and whether it's necessary and I've noticed that there's a there's an idea that accreditation is around um how you've set up your business as opposed to an accreditation of the skill that you're selling so as an example if somebody was looking for um an email marketing specialist or a web design it there's not a, a flag that says you've yeah. passed a, an exam doing that yeah um so it's it's a really really difficult one um around accreditation around these a lot of the tools now 
have sort of certified partner where you go through a, a series of, yeah. sort of practical tests um and that helps to give a guide um what are your thoughts on it because I, I know you've done some accreditations yeah. haven't you so I've been very big on accreditations when I first went free well certainly the training company um, I think it all goes back to the I forget to where it comes from it all comes for me anyway what's driven me is I left school at 17 I wasn't able to finish school and I was quite bright and I wanted to go to university and I wanted to achieve and do stuff but family circumstances didn't allow that to happen so I never got the qualification that proved that I could think I suppose because that's what university does it proves you can think so um so I've always been kind of driven when I'm in a working way to show that I know what I'm talking about and that I'm not just a fly-by-night flippity-gibbet as I term I used the other day which somebody really liked um so I once I started working for a training company um, everybody at that training company did do certifications and that was the mm-hmm. TAP, T-A-P, the Trainer, Accred- Trainer Activity Profile. So it was a, a method of training that was interactive. So it wasn't knowledge of Excel, Word, PowerPoint. It was knowledge of how to deliver that knowledge to a variety of people. So I was TAP accredited. Then the company I worked for brought out its own accreditation, which it rolled out quite successfully called LFT, which was Learner Focused Training. So you can see that this is all going Mm. along the same route. I also got very involved with the Microsoft Office specialist exams when I worked for that company. In fact, I was their point person for making them a testing center. And I took all the exams. And so I've, in my time, been a Microsoft Office expert and Microsoft Office master. I haven't retaken those exams, though, for a while. So my last exams were for Office 2010. However, I do keep my skills. I mean, I'm writing books all the time in training, so I keep my skills really up to date. Um, Then when I had my face-to-face training company, I had that company accredited by the Learning and Performance Institute because I wanted um, big companies, because I was a very little company, I wanted big business and corporate to have confidence that I was just as good as some of the bigger training companies out there. So that was my thought process. Um, I've done a certification, I'm a certified online learning facilitator, certified designer of online learning from the Learning and Performance Institute, because Um, If you're coming to me to learn how to do something, you need to have confidence that I know how to transfer my knowledge to you and that I have that knowledge. So I've always, I I haven't done any certifications for a while. And in fact, um, I have to admit every month or so, probably every two to three months, I go and look at the Microsoft Office specialist certification exams. I think, yeah, I need to take that and then life gets in the way, life gets very busy, and it goes on the back burner. So I haven't done anything recently. But but um, I, I think you've got one now, though, haven't you with your GDPR stuff? Yeah, yeah, I became a certified uh, data protection officer in November, you know, as that's where my business is going. And I totally understand the there's a there's a credibility level attached to a functional accreditation that says you have attained this level of knowledge and expertise to deliver 
your specialist subject, whatever that specialist yeah. subject is. Yeah, that that's always been my view. Um, maybe if I had gone to university and I had the degree that I craved back way back yeah. when, um, maybe I wouldn't have gone and done all of those things. But I I do value it, and I I, le- I like learning per se so I love it the fact that I always learn something new and I love it when I'm training a course and I get asked a question that I don't know the answer to because that's an opportunity for me to learn um, as well as for the participants to learn and we learn together and that's the best kind of learning Um, and I'm not afraid to say when I don't know something because there's no point blagging your way through people can see that a mile off sometimes you find I mean I got caught out a a couple of weeks ago I was doing a a power hour with somebody um, on MailChimp and something that I'd always done in a certain way and you went you went to that kind of spot and you think oh hang on that's that's not actually the same as you know and I hadn't been in for a a little while to, to MailChimp I've been doing other stuff with the GDPR and stuff and um I said you know I'm really sorry I said but that doesn't look the way I you know it it, I've worked with it in the past and he said she said oh oh is something wrong I said no no (coughs) excuse me I said they're doing some development I said things have changed so let's just go through the motion work it out and we stepped through and I worked it out and we learned together about this slight tweak in, in yeah. how they were doing things and the layout had changed slightly, um, you know, but these yeah. things happen, isn't it? Yeah, you know? well, I, I, as you know, I trained Microsoft Teams an awful yeah. lot and I'm doing lots of virtual live training of that at the moment. I've got two coming up next week. I had one last week, one the week before and uh, Teams is being updated almost daily. <laughs> And you can't guarantee that the next time you open it, something won't have moved. You know, you do get I do get the notifications say changes are afoot, but you never know when they're actually going. There's some there's, you know, by the end of January. Well, that could be any time. And then you turn on and they've updated in the background and that button's moved and it's not where you want. So I told you totally get that but anyway we've we've had a lovely chat about accreditation and I think it's time for us to queue up the wonderful Lindsay Taylor who runs your excellency and they well I'm not going to tell you what they do I'm going to let Lindsay herself tell you I've known Lindsay for quite a long time and uh and we're going to have a nice old chinwag I think so uh let's go and get her Welcome back, listeners. And now I have with us the wonderful Lindsay Taylor from Your Excellency, which is a virtual academy for, it says, EAs, PAs and executives. I didn't think about the executive bit, Lindsay. Do you want to tell us about that? Or who you are? You know, our listeners may not know who you are, even though I've known you for a while. So do introduce yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So firstly, thank you very much for inviting me. Delighted to be here. Um, I've got no scripts, so this is just going to be off the cuff, just, and I'm very good at talking. So if you need to stop me at any point, Shelley <laughs> or Joe, stop me. So, and as you say, we are a virtual academy, Your Excellency Limited. We were set up in 2007, so just starting our 14th year, which is wow. amazing. So um, yet we deliver training, coaching, accredited and professional qualifications to the EA, PA and admin professional. But also we do deliver uh, learning and development to the executives. So that tends to be more on my partner and co-director side, Malcolm. 
We're a family-run business, as I say. So I'm co-founder and director, and my husband is also co-founder and director. We have um, associate trainers that we draw on for some of the more specialist topic areas that we deliver training in. So, for example, we have an HR associate. We have an associate that delivers minute-taking because I'm actually um, someone that doesn't enjoy minute taking and absolutely does not want to deliver training on it that's my honesty for you everybody I know it's a bit a bit marmite it's either love or hate minute taking so So, yeah we we uh, specialize in really from my side of the business specializing in in supporting EAs PAs and admin professionals and VAs as well of course which kind of overlaps into your business too Shelley so yeah, no, that's that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And Joe is a VA. Joe Joe has a speciality. She's a specialist in GDPR now. She's yes. a, what's your accreditation called? It's the Certified Data Protection Officer. So it's the first step on my um, accreditation journey for that. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. You know, years ago, when whenever GDPR came in and it was all a really big thing, what's that, two, three years ago, Joe? Yeah, yeah 2018. Yeah, I went to a um, seminar on GDPR and it was really interesting. The one thing that stuck with me, because it's quite a dry subject, isn't it? But uh, the one thing that stuck with me was someone saying, well, GDPR is very simply, it stands for give data proper respect. Yes. And that really stuck in a nutshell that's what it's about and I know yes. there's lots that go around the perimeter but actually I thought that was a really great explanation so yeah, yeah good, I for love you, that. good for you Joe doing that so yeah yeah, yeah I delivered some uh, I used to deliver some uh, Microsoft Office training for a um a care organization in Bath so I would go down to Bath and one time I was going there, the data officer, the IT director said, look, we do, we need to get people on board with, with data protection. This was before GDPR because, mm-hmm. you know, they had people going into old age homes, going into sheltered housing. They would have the data on their phone. They had apps. No, yeah. they had special apps and they yeah. had to know what they had yeah. to do. And we had to explain to them why it was important. And this was before yeah. And so in so so Sarah, who was the IT director, told me all about it. She said, Look, this is what I want them to know. I said, Well, why don't you tell them? She said, No, no, they won't listen to me because I'm internal. You're an external person, they'll listen to you. Yeah. So I had to, I remember doing this whole presentation and I had flying suitcases and briefcases and all sorts of things, you know, you know, taking wow. it off and bringing it in. But that was before it became GDPR. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. when you look back, isn't it? And there, there aren't those initiatives and those those kind of legislations in place that we now think nothing of. It's it's a bit similar to kind of the uh, the seatbelts in a car. I always yeah. think that you know, yes. I remember being really little and kind of leaning up in the back of the car and waving to all the passing cars going past. Yeah. Only people would wave back, and I'm thinking, but I obviously didn't have a seatbelt on. How horrifying is that? So. But yeah. even more so, Lindsay, you didn't use to have um a child seat yes yes true when when I was I can remember being a a small child you know my kids were in a a booster seat until they were sort of six seven years of age when I was a kid no not at all no nothing like that nothing like that I mean where it's awareness isn't it I think actually the impact if these if these legislations and these things aren't in place so which is a good thing However, I do think sometimes we are slightly curtailed by all the legislation that is, <laughs> is around our, our businesses and how we how we are best meant to um, operate. But there we go. I'm, I'm not one for, for rules that really don't fit with me. That gives away mm. a lot of 
not about my personality here. If the rules stick with me, <laughs> I'm totally flexible as long as everything's going my way. That's a brilliant quote. <laughs> Excellent. <isn't it? laughs> Excellent. But the, 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 um, the comment you say about the, the rules and things that we kind of work to, it ties in very much with accreditation. Um, you know, Shelley and I were talking about accreditation earlier and and how that fits with business and whether it's something that you should look for in your support. And I know that, you know, you're accredited to the IAM and I was really interested in your mini MBA that I saw. And that's a, a level of accreditation for people who train with you, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So we've, we've got lots of different offerings for the PAEA admin professionals. So yes, we have the accredited program new for 2021 with lots of little lights and shininess around it, the mini MBA for executive and senior assistants, which I'm so excited about. And yes, absolutely, that is accredited and it's accredited by the Institute of Administrative Management. For those who don't know, one of the oldest professional bodies um, for business and admin managers here in the UK. And we purposely sought out that accreditation based on some feedback that we, we gained from some um, research and a survey that we did back at the end of last year from our EAPA clients. And one of the top things for them that they want when they are training is that accreditation. They want that, that kind of stamp of that quality benchmark, that yeah. stamp there that they know that we've had to go through stringent, stringent quality standards to actually get our program accredited. And that's so important to us that, that it gives them kind of that, that confidence that they are gaining the most up-to-date skills, that, that our materials have to be of a certain standard and our delivery has to be of a certain standard. Our trainers have to be qualified. Alongside that, we also have um, regulated programs as well, which is slightly different to accreditation. So we work with um, an awarding organization called SFJ Awards, who are regulated by Ofqual. So again, there is like those yeah. stringent quality standards for our, for our delivery of our two levels of qualifications. And that is a qualification. The mini MBA, just to be clear, the new, the new program mm. that we're delivering is an accredited program, but it's not a qualification. So mm. there's a slightly yeah. different slant to it there. Yeah. But I think importantly, there is that, that, as I say, that quality benchmark. So our learners know that, we, that you are going to gain quality learning, quality development. Mm. And as an organization as well, you know what, we really pride ourselves on supporting each individual learner. So when, when a, um, a learner comes out with their resulting certificate or indeed their qualification, we're so, so proud of all that they've achieved. Yeah. And kind of following someone's learning journey, particularly a PA or EA who's really gained that confidence and has suddenly had this realization of all of the great things that they're contributing to their team and their organization and ultimately helping their executive is just amazing. We're just so, so proud of all of our learners. So Aww. love what we do. I hope you're getting that passion. Of oh, definitely, definitely <laughs> getting that. So, so what do you teach executives, Lindsay? I'm fascinated by that part of it. Yeah, okay. So that's really, as I said, Malcolm's side of the business. So he does um, leadership programs for um, executive teams, he does quite a lot of one-to-one uh, -one coaching programs for some sort of high-profile um, executives that maybe want that more personalised input. And, and sometimes they end up being a real uh, combination of both sort of the, the mentoring, the one-to-one the -one bespoke training and coaching. And, and mentoring and coaching are very different. Yeah. So, you know, coaching is much more of the it's less directive. It's really helping the learner understand 
how they can ask those insightful questions that we were talking about earlier and get the answers really for themselves. Whereas mentoring is much more giving that, that more directive advice mm. and maybe sharing your own wisdom and experience. And when I work with, for myself, when I work with PAs and EAs, and I do do these one-to-one programs, I always make sure that it, it's, it's classed as a bespoke program that's going to include mentoring, coaching, and um, tailored training for you. So that you're really combining all of those skills and just just ensuring that the learner gets what they want and need out of a program. So, and that's yeah. fascinating. Working one to one with some um, EAs yeah. is just is absolutely fascinating. So, yeah. just with some of the challenges that come up, and they tend to be um, similar. Some of the challenges. Yeah. <laughs> I should imagine. I should imagine time is a big challenge. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the, the time constraints and trying to fit so much into your working day when you really are at the end of the day, only one pair of hands, which we kind of like is a bit of a light bulb moment sometimes. Yeah. You know what? There is all of this to do. And at the end of the day, it's important that you recognize you are one person. Yeah. And with the, with the whole kind of time management, I, was, I kind of like to turn that on its head a little bit and, and maybe focus more on managing your energy rather than your time. Yeah. One of the um, most popular sessions that I deliver, particularly for in-house PA networking groups and in-house teams, around ensuring that you're, you're focusing on your own energy and you're maintaining and renewing that energy so that you can be in a really great place to be able to others. And it, I share that lovely quote, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. You need yeah. to take no. first. And I think now that is just so it's so much more pertinent, isn't it? With all yeah. of the challenges and the stuff that's going on for, for everybody who's listening yeah. with the whole yeah. pandemic situation. So, yeah, yeah. Homeschooling, working, you know, yeah. just I'm so pleased I'm not in that age bracket anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever age your children are when you've got the homeschooling going on as well as as well as your your own work it can be a real challenge because your distractions and those interruptions are very different to what they would be when you're in maybe an office environment and I think for some part you kind of have less control over those interruptions when it's one of your little people or someone that (laughs) needs your time and energy because ultimately you want to be mum or dad or that that caregiver And actually, it's then it's then really reprioritizing what what your focus is here and what's really important. Yeah, coping with the whole pandemic situation. You know, I, I always say this because I think it gives myself some leeway that we all become much more tolerant of maybe mm-hmm. what's going on for each other, and we're much more forgiving, I suppose, if we are in the middle of a call and the and the doorbell rings or the phone goes. <laughs> because that is kind of really as much as you can try and um, limit those distractions and those interruptions. Ultimately, you know what, we're all in the same boat. It's going to happen. Something's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. I have to make sure I've moved out the telephone and the uh, the doorbell <laughs> from the office now so that it didn't sort of go off. So it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember delivering um, a training session to a, a company in America. Um, I, in 2011, I did some work as an associate for an American training company. I traveled all over the place, which was exhausting. And it also, it was February and March. So I went to Toronto and Moscow and it was minus 20 something. It was so cold. But um, but I remember I had to deliver a webinar to somewhere in the Midwest of the state. So it was funny time of day for me. And I remember we unplugged the doorbell. We put a great big notice on the front door because everybody else was working. They all knew I was remoting in, Mm. but it was, there was still an expectation of an office environment or an office mm. behavior. So that leads me to, to, to ask, how, 
how has the pandemic and remote working impacted or what impact are you seeing on executive assistants who are not who are not necessarily in their offices anymore at the moment so virtual assistants are used to working remotely and work remotely all the time it's just made me think of something else that I'm answering my own question in my head but do you do that <laughs> so just answering the just asking the question often elicits the answer but but are you are people coming to you and 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 talking about that is that manifesting yeah, as an issue absolutely absolutely so this I think really fits in with with the session as I was saying around managing energy because it's so important that the EA, PA now manages their own energy. And it's a very different way of working, isn't it? When you've mm. been so used to maybe being in, a, in an office, a corporate office maybe, and you've got kind of that, what I would call that hustle bustle going on with your mm. work colleagues as well. You've got that like camaraderie and those um, impromptu yeah. conversations that you can have. And when you're working from home or it, it can be, it feels very different. And I think it can be quite a lonely experience for some EAs and PAs. And importantly, it's making those PAs, EAs aware and, and letting them know that there are lots of networking groups out there. There's lots of places that you can go to make sure you are still connecting with yeah. your peers, with others in the profession, and making sure that you don't feel like you're doing this alone, that there is much more of an understanding that, that we're all going through this. We've all got similar but also different challenges happening for us. So. Yeah. I, th I think the main the main challenge for me in talking to EAs and PAs is around the whole communication aspect. It's those mm -hmm. lack of impromptu connections where if, if you want a, a conversation with one of your team members, it has to be really structured. You have to then send them an invite to a, yes. a Zoom or a, or a um, Teams call or you can pick up the phone. But I, I kind of think, you know, if you want like a structured conversation, you really need to put it into the planner and the diary. And mm. you then lose that spontaneity of conversation. Yeah. You don't Absolutely. have that kind of friendly element, do you? Yeah. So, and, and the whole, um, the, the communication aspect as well, which we, we deliver a lot of training on. And I've always advocated, you know, there's, there's three different areas of communication when you're communicating face-to-face. -face. So you've got your, your verbal, your vocal, and your visual. Um, that's great in the same environment as someone else, the mm. same physical space. But when you're on the screen, you really dilute down lots of those messages mm. there. So how often have you been in a call where, where someone asks a question, either there's deathly silence because no one knows whether they should talk first unless they've been <laughs> disappointed, or then everyone starts talking at the same time and then everyone apologises because they've spoken at the same time and then it's just like an absolute free-for-all and you've just lost the whole, yeah. whole feel of the meeting and the whole yeah. structure. Whereas when you're in the same physical space as someone, I really think you can pick up much more on those, those um, visual clues and the body language. And I think there's a lot to be said for like atmosphere for me yeah. and, and in a, a physical environment when you're in the same space as someone else. So yeah. it, it's been a real challenge, I think, for all of us to just completely change the way that we're working and communicating. So, yeah, um, but we're still smiling. Look. <laughs> I'm still smiling. Yeah, we are still smiling. <laughs> I mean, that that actually, you know, what what what? It, well, there's two things that that I kind of want kind of want to come in with. One is that um, one of the things that I teach when I'm training Outlook is there's no tone of voice in an email. Yeah. Um, whatever you write. It, the person reading it is reading it with the voice in their head. Exactly. So if yeah. they're in a bad place, 
that's going to be a bad email so even if you didn't mean it in a bad way if it's you know if if it was constructive criticism they're not going to read the constructive bit they're only going to read the criticism bit if they're in a bad place yeah I agree totally such a big uh, kind of reliance on this email correspondence still as well and absolutely people are going to read your message with with a different tone of voice and actually there are so many instances where you've got that ambiguity and that misinterpretation yeah. of what you're sharing so I, I do a session on that as well because <laughs> it's fascinating and we go through all the different strategies so what could we do that would help and yeah. then you have the whole debate around okay should I put a little smiley emoji at the end of my sentence and like, <laughs> well it depends on branding is this something that you're organization particularly if they're kind of a professional corporation are they going to want you putting little smiley emojis in or hearts at the end of your message yeah. that people know you know what you care <laughs> I loved all your posts on LinkedIn a little while ago you did a load with emojis didn't you I did some emoji fun exercises because yeah. I, I do love them I take it's interesting I don't use them in my emails ever because I just don't think they look professional in email that's just my personal view but within my social media posts, and I will use them all the time. And I love looking at like on my, I do most of my social media from my phone. I find it easier to have it from there rather than my laptop because the emojis come up much more easily. Although I know you're going to give me a short, quick tip on how to get emojis up on your laptop, isn't it? Yeah. The windows and the full stop, I think. Yes, that's it, it yeah. But on, my, on my phone, it's interesting looking to see what the most used emojis are on my phone. And I, um, I've got kind of like star I love using and the little thunderbolt sign and, and kind of the little uh, firebolt as well. Yeah. And I, um, I borrowed my husband's phone yesterday and I actually uh, started liking some of the things from his LinkedIn post. You're not meant to know that. He liked lots of things that I posted, actually, which was brilliant because I'm like, thanks for the support. <laughs> I went through and I looked at his emojis and they were completely different, different. To mine, completely <laughs> different. So it was really interesting to see. I want to see what everyone's top three emojis are on their phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think mine's a smiley face, but it? it's probably a smiley face. I don't know. I'll have to go and have a look. Yeah, I'll have to look now. I'll everyone go have a look. Their phones and see what their, what their first three emojis are on there. Mine's okay. going to be <laughs> but what I wanted when I, the, the question that I posed which I answered in my head was I recently um, presented at exec sec tech um, executive secretary technical conference uh, as a result I made some nice connections with a few PAs and EAs who, who we had chats with and I was chatting to one EA um, she was I don't remember where she was in the world and where I, we were in, I was in America at the time, I think. Yes, I was in America when we delivered that. And then I had to chat with her from America. I don't know where she was, but uh, she says she doesn't actually see her executive from one yeah. month to the next because he's traveling all the time. Yeah. So in a sense, this is no different for her yeah. because she's remote, effectively remote working with her executive all the time. And Joe, as far as, as uh, VAs are concerned, you know, whether they are doing diary management or inbox management or admin of some other type, often they, they sometimes meet with clients, but often would never meet with the client either, presumably. Yeah. I, I, when I first became a VA, I had a client in Cambridge and for the two and a half years we worked together we never ever met she picked up um, a connection to me through somebody we knew mutually mm. she gave me a call we had a conversation i gave her an email address we exchanged all the usual kind of stuff and 
I only ever got emails from her and the occasional phone call if, you know, if she needed to change some, our routine or something, she would give a call, but never, ever met her at all. I did the work, she paid the invoice, off she went, and we only stopped because things had changed in her business and she took on somebody full-time permanent who could sort of merge together an awful lot of things and do things that I just don't do, like diary management, you know. I know, it's not, it's not your thing, I know. <laughs> so, Joe, so jo, interesting question for you and probably for the other VAs mm. that are listening then. Do you think if you had have met face-to-face and, and, and maybe had that little, that, that little meeting, that would have maybe changed the dynamics of the relationship? Or I can tell... I don't know, because... Maybe not. <laughs> for me personally, it really didn't make that much difference. My background was project management... And I was used to working in remote and diverse teams, you know, and you might have a team of developers, let's say in India, you might have a tech team in Italy and you might have um, your team on site where you were actually based, but then you might have subcontractors that were doing different elements. So for me personally, it, it didn't make a huge amount of difference per se. Um, there are other occasions when I think, do you know, I really wish that I could get together with you, but we're in different places. Mm. I guess it's, I suppose it's the vibe of the relationship you have yeah. with a client. You know, there are some clients I think, gosh, I could spend ages with you. We could just have a cup of tea. And, and then there are others where it's just very functional. It's very matter of fact. Monday, you're going to do this, this and this week. That's it. Goodbye. And, and you just kind of work through it you know yeah yeah it, it is interesting that kind of relationship side of it the first VA I had I know listeners you've heard about her before mm. um, she was phenomenal she was my second me and uh, and it was it was it was great but we met we actually I went to meet her I think I drove quite I went to Hatfield I think to meet her from where I lived in northwest London I drove quite away and we met we had a coffee together mm. and we sat there for an hour and only after we'd met i you know I want I needed her to do a lot of stuff for me which was mm. a proper a proper assistant um that's not that others are not proper assistants I meant I had a lot of hours that's yeah. what I meant a lot of hours and uh and, and so it was important to me to meet her and to, to feel that we were on the same page and that she understood me um mm. and that I understood her and 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 that was a fantastic relationship until sadly she was ill and then we we called it a day but um so for me, that was important. But the people I've worked with since, um, one I knew already um, and um, one came through recommendation and I've not necessarily met them. So um, sometimes it's nice. I suppose I was kind of mulling this over really for my, for my own thinking as well, because um, prior to the pandemic, we, as an organisation, we were predominantly face-to-face training. Yeah. So yeah. we'd completely kind of identified you know for me I think that face-to-face element and actually being the same physical space like I say is really important yeah. to, get, to create that connection particularly with learners as well as yeah. the trainer. and I think that the whole pandemic situation was was really the 
the push and the encouragement no more than that it was a necessity that you know we had to adjust we had to pivot like everybody else and we had to change and in order for us to survive we had to take everything over to the 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 virtual side so that we could still continue supporting EAPA admin professional clients with learning and development and with our training Um, I'm hoping in time you know when we can start meeting face to face that we're going to really do that whole hybrid training and we're going to be able to combine some of the face-to-face and the virtual and online and I'm, I'm thinking maybe if learners are, are doing a qualification with us maybe it's the, either their final module um, with us that we we do as a face-to-face if we can if obviously they're kind of London-based or UK-based or we have some kind of get-together which is the, mm. the kind of the certificate giving because I do yeah. think you have a very different, for me you get a very different feel for oh, someone totally, totally. I, I, have, I have to say having done the the, the certified data protection officer back in November, um, that was a very, very hard, long week. We were online from just before nine in the morning till five. Yeah, yes, there were, there were breaks scheduled in and that sort of thing, but you were going through a really complex subject online um, using webex you know so it was delivered on a platform and there were breaks scheduled in we weren't sort of sat there from sort of nine to five without moving but i missed in that course that interaction that you would have got in the classroom so we did these exercises and practice and and we either did them by ourselves or we did them in sort of little breakout pair rooms. But it's not quite the same as turning around to the person sat next mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. and then having that lunch break where you're all mingling yes. and you're learning from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that and that's from somebody who's worked virtually for a long, long time. You know, it just it's very interesting i think that yeah well i think a a training course is not just a learning opportunity it's a day out the office it's a jolly in a certain day and that part of it is really important when you're um i know when i um held my uh, london training in particular face to face we would choose some amazing venues because it was it was a a real kind of day out and a a, a lovely kind of treat for them so yes they're going to learn some stuff but they're equally they're going to have either a, a lovely breakfast or a lovely lunch and there were one of the venues we used used to do um i'm slowly going off track here completely that's right the vintage suites you know the the retro suites so in the afternoon they were put out all of the lovely retro suites like blackjacks and um things and i could go off on all the different suites that they have but that was a real treat because everyone used to get their little bag little paper bag of sweets that you remember from being a child take them back to the afternoon and we all sit there crunching away whilst we're learning and it added that different element you know you yeah. can't make open a bag of sweets online, can you? Or when you're on this, but you know the, the other the other thing with sort of doing some of the in person versus the remote tuition. Years ago, I did um, the Association of Project Management some training and accreditation through them, and it was a great week. Passed the exam, we all did our lunch and all that kind of stuff. Um, And the networking element that came from it at tea break time, you know, the pre-work and all of those kinds of things. Six months later, one of the people that I was on the course with called me up and said, are you in the market for 
a new role because I've got a, a contract role that's coming up for six months, you know, and I'd love to have you on the team. Um, and I was able to say, well, I've got a couple of weeks left in my existing what sort of thing. And, and, and that was completely out of the blue. But you, you lose that element of networking yeah. and, you know, and for an EA and a PA to have that kind of connection with people who are on her level, once she is sort of saying, um, or he is saying, I want to move on, I need a new job, I want, you know, for whatever reason, then they've got a network of people that they can reach out to and connect with to help them in their search for that ideal new role. Yeah. Virtual I, think role. Whole, I think the whole networking and learning is just it's just very different and I think it's it's just having to be a, a trainer that's adept at making sure that the exercises for us are still interactive yeah that you're still including everybody that you're really for me when I deliver the training um I, I set the tone for it so we're very much about user-friendly terminology keeping it really practical really yeah. simple explaining it in really user-friendly words so that everyone understands what we're saying, even if it's got some really highfalutin, long-sounding <laughs> theoretical name. Do you know what? When you cut through it, what it's about is this. And actually, yeah. for lots of EAs and PAs, when you share particularly the management and leadership theory, they suddenly realize, you know what, this is the stuff that we're putting into practice now and we're already using it. And hey, we didn't realize that there was this amazing theoretical name to it. And some management guru has, has registered trademark <laughs> it or copyrighted it. And it's, it's uh, really interesting. I just think being adept at still providing training that is, that is memorable and, and works and using, you know what, the, the technology that we can at the moment and then combining that in the future. And of course, with the with the whole learning sphere, of course, we, we've opened up our market really in our clients. We, we can now um, kind of get people on board that are from other countries as well, which is yeah. really, really great. So, yes, I used to travel a lot with with training and delivering um, conferences and training sessions through other international training companies. And I really miss the, tra the traveling because I, I love, love, love <laughs> traveling. That's an, another story. But but, you know, it. it for our qualifications and for now the mini MBA that is now opened up further afield than than the yeah. UK where we maybe hold those face to face so yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, there has to be there has to be advantages there has to be pros yeah. here and it's just it's just going with what what you can do and just making the very best of the situation for me yeah and I think that's that's true for, that's true for, for for everybody I mean we were um I don't know was it with you Joe I was talking or was it with somebody else I don't know I've had a lot of conversations this week already and it's only Tuesday yeah. and uh, and I don't know who I said this to but we were talking about the fact that in in adversity in, in any of these situations I was call I was on just before um that there's um some people are going to be finding this time extremely tough their clients will have dropped off the business might be you know some of the EAs and some of the big corporations might be struggling because the corporations are struggling because they're not able to do what they can do virtual assistants might be struggling because their small business clients are struggling because they can't do what they need to do so but on the other hand there's always those that can find an opportunity in adversity and uh, and I think that's something that's what's coming out for me I, I'm seeing a lot of people really rising to the challenge um, I'm part of a trainer community and last March um, not mine because I'm already online and I've been trained delivering online since 2014 so I'm way ahead of the game but 
a lot of uh, the, these trainers, their work fell off a cliff. You know, one day they had a full diary for the next three months and the next day there was nothing. Yeah. And they've, they've had to adjust like you. Very quickly having to say, okay, so what now? And just yeah. really um, exploring all of those different um, opportunities, really, because we've yeah. changed opportunity, absolutely. And it's just how you view a situation. And I know it can be hard for some people with different things going on, but it's, it's kind of being... If there's one thing we've learned, I think, from 2020, it's resilience and also another thing, determination and, and all of those things that we're still having to put into practice in yeah. 2021 as well. So, yes, I just keep thinking, you know, our positivity every day of the, the vaccination program here in the UK, you know, is a, is a step closer to being able to get together face to face again to be able to hug our friends and our family and, and, and actually to, to meet in that same physical space as others and it's just every day we're a step closer just yeah keep at the forefront of your minds at the moment so. yeah yeah it's yeah it's you're absolutely right it's about tr keeping a positive mindset and and that and that doesn't mean that you have to be cheerleading all the time no, because no, you can have a down day and, yes. and you're allowed and yeah, you can recognize it yeah, it's so important recognizing as well when you're having a bit of a what I would call a meh day. And I just <laughs> discombobulated work was my favorite over the last few months because it's just like in the household, there's going to be at least one of us every day that has a discombobulated day. And it's just sharing that with, with the people around you. Do you know what you're just feeling a bit down today? But you know what, you can bounce back again. And it's, uh, it's, it's really as well taking the pressure off yourself that you can't be positive 24 7 you have to be aware of when you're having more of these negative one of the better word emotions yeah. because that's just human nature we're emotive creatures we're going to go yeah. through life with a range of emotions and there's an awful lot going on that we're having to we're having to process and, and readjust and just when we've kind of got our balance back again and our what I would call our equilibrium then things change again and it's just like <laughs> oh change and it's like yay here we go think, again <laughs> yeah I think the only constant is change isn't it that that's yes. kind yeah. of the only constant yeah. Really yeah well as you said at the beginning we could just keep chatting yeah, chat for, chat for England, chat for Israel, chat forever. It's fascinating. And, you know, I could talk with you about learning and stuff like that for, for hours and our experience of courses and stuff. So I think it's time for our listeners' sake to draw this to a close because they haven't got all day to listen to us, I'm sure. No. So they, they could they could stop and we could just carry on talking. We probably carry on talking for the rest of the afternoon, but I'm sure yeah. you've got lots to do now. So <laughs> yeah, just a few things. You know, I, one of the funny things actually that I share with clients is around turning your pop-ups off on your email so you don't get the email notifications. And I'm really bad at following my own advice. So as I've been talking to you, all these emails have started coming in and I've been trying to click them close without reading the first couple of lines. <laughs> oh, well, I don't. I don't have any pop-up notifications. Oh, and, so and I don't have any sounds because they just interrupt all the time. Yeah. Do you know, Lindsay, that you lose 20 minutes for every one of those that you follow? I shared that yesterday. That's really funny. I think yeah. it's 23 minutes and so yeah. many seconds. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's yeah. quite shocking, actually, yeah. those interruptions. But yeah. I do need to heed my own advice. It's all very well giving this advice out. But no, because what happens is you're, you're in the zone working on something. A little banner pops up or a sound pops up. So you say, oh, I'll just see what that is. So you're immediately away from what you were working on. You go after the thing. You're now looking at that. You think, well, do I reply? Do I not reply? What's it? Oh, no, you get sidetracked by John Lewis Sale or something. <laughs> I'm like, really? I'm meant to be working. Yeah. And, and by, before you know it, and then by the time you get back to what you left, 
um, it then takes you another few minutes to get back to where you left off. So it's 20 some 23 minutes and some seconds, as you say, every time you go after a wild hare that pops up on your screen. (laughs) So the same in Teams, I won't have notifications popping up for me. Uh, in teams i mean i know that in- Where is it here that's my my new mantra i am actually going to turn off my pop-ups every time yeah. i do a, a meeting and that's going <laughs> to remain more focused and closing down all those lovely emails that have come in <laughs> oh, oh Lindsay, it's been an absolute pleasure as ever to catch up with you Thanks. again right joe wasn't that a fabulous chat there with Lindsay? Yeah, absolutely. Really, really interesting. First time I've met her and what an interesting lady. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'd love to do one of her courses. I think it would be such fun. And she, she's, uh, I've been to a few networking events that she's hosted and they're always at amazing venues, as she mentioned there towards yeah. the end, that whenever they would do something, they would always do it somewhere really special. And, and that's, that's really true. And, and it does make a difference to how you feel. You feel special. And when you're learning, it helps when you feel special as well. So that was good. But um, no, there was lots to think about. And I think even though Lindsay works predominantly with EAs, PAs and executives, I think there were many things that virtual assistants could also glean and learn from um, because communication, for example, is universal, no matter no matter where or who you are or who you work with or what kind of work you do. So I think that there's plenty there. What what stood out for you? I think the thing that um, Lindsay was saying about communication, I think generally, as you say, communication is so important to all of us. But I think in these really difficult times where we're all maybe perhaps a little bit more sensitive, we all might be having those difficult days more often than we used to communication becomes more important you know to be more gentle in the way that we are dealing with topics or conversations or you know emails that you know and the point about the tone of voice that you (laughs) put your email in may not be the tone of voice that it is received yeah. the other end. Yeah. And, and those kinds of things really stand out for all of us, irrespective yeah. of whether you're VAPA, on-site, off-site, or, or any of those other things. It's yeah. all about good communication. Yeah, and talking about that, um, it makes me think of something that um, I first saw um delivered by Dr. Monica Seeley, who's written a book called Brilliant Email. And she's all about behavior, the psychology and the behavior behind the way that we help deal with email. Uh, And she has um, the, the nine P's of email management, which I've incorporated when I deliver Outlook training. And sometimes um, there's a per- one of them is purpose. I think it's purpose. I can't remember. It's a while since I trained it, so don't hold me to it. Yeah. But um, but I think it's purpose. And sometimes um, email isn't the right medium or the right yeah. thing to use for the message that you want to deliver. And one of the things that you should really think about when you're about to pen or mouse or type mm-hmm. an email is is um, would I be better off doing this in some other way so obviously if you're in a corporate environment you might be able to have a face-to-face meeting or just walk around the corner tap somebody on the shoulder take them into a room and have a, 
a, a conversation. But, you know, it's things like, you know, would you give a, a negative appraisal by email? <clears throat> you know, yeah. I mean, and, and think of it in those terms. You know, sometimes you'd be better off picking up the phone. The, the, those um, one-line emails that go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, um, it would have been much quicker to solve whatever it was that the back and forth is about by picking up the phone and having a or Teams meeting or a Zoom meeting and just having a conversation. Yeah. Or even now, you know, years ago, we used to use those instant messengers, but now we've got WhatsApp, we've got Signal, we've got Teams um What's it called, Shelley? The Teams communicator yeah. where you can instant, message. Yeah, it's Teams, instant messaging. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, th there are many ways to do it. But mm. but also, some. No, what I was getting at is the written word is not always the way to communicate. No. You know, the, the pick up the phone or have a meeting is far more user-friendly, especially if you've got something sensitive to discuss. Yeah. I know an email is easier because you can hide behind the email and they have to see your face, but it's important to get the tone of voice in the face. And we were talking then about pop-ups and you just mentioned all the different ways that we communicate. Yeah. Not necessarily email based. And one of my pet things, as I mentioned there, was I don't have pop up notifications at all yeah. on my computer and I don't have any sounds. I won't I don't have that incessant ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Every time I get an email, I turn those off um, and I have them off on my phone. The only noise my phone makes is for when it rings. Uh, or for a WhatsApp, because it might yeah. be my kids who were in far-flung places. <laughs> and I want to know about that. But other than that, I don't. And then my husband, his his phone, every time he gets an email, it dings. And every time something else comes in, it dings. It drives me insane. <laughs> yeah, it, it drives me crazy. But um, <clears throat> I've got twin boys, as you, you know, um, and they're in that age where notifications are vital. <laughs> and also they have realized and discovered with their phones that they can customize those notifications and they have different tunes. So they cannot be sat near their phone and they know that somebody has rung. And the other day, the phone sort of pinged with this tune and I said, oh, that's a different tune. And my son said, oh yeah, that's dad ringing. And I said, what do you mean it's dad ringing? He said, yeah, well, I've got a different tune for him and I've got a different tune and I've got a different tune. And I said, what's my tune? He said, well, I keep changing yours. He said, but I need, I found one for dad that's really fierce. And I know <laughs> that if that rings, I know who it is and I can just ignore it for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, you know and it's, it's quite good actually to have a different ringtone for different people I totally get that actually I do totally, I don't do it but I do understand why you would do it um, but I don't just don't like the interruption if I'm working on something so today I've been recording for my perfect PowerPoint creation course and I don't have anything open when I'm doing that because otherwise it's complete you know email comes in and and, and what was I saying you know I which bit yeah. was like which button do I need to click next yeah. I completely lose the plot so it's uh, it's important to be disciplined about yeah. when you check your email how often you check your email and just stick to your schedule whatever that might be you might be one of those people because of the clients you have that you have to check your email on a frequent basis but decide that you're going to do it maybe once an hour 
Um, and uh, you can even use the footer of your, the bottom of your email, your email signature to say, when I had the face-to-face -face training company, for example, I always had um, at the bottom of the email in the footer, uh, the working hours. I'm, you know, in the office, whether it was real office or a virtual office, it was a virtual office even then, but people, you know, people going into corporate didn't know that, um, you know, I'm in the office Monday to, Monday to Wednesday between these hours and I check my email. No, that's what I used to say. I check my email three times a day for, to keep myself uh, for my own schedule to make sure. So I will get back to you because we train our when you receive an email, if you reply straight away, you're training the person who sent you the email that you will always respond straight away. Yeah. Uh, and then they expect you to respond straight away. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and it's a, it's a kind of vicious circle. And if you don't respond straight away, but if, if it says somewhere, I, I check my email three times a day, then they know they're not going to get a response straight away. When you then respond sooner than they're expecting, you're upping your level of customer service. Yeah. And you're exceeding expectations. And we should always aim to be exceeding our customers or clients or learners' expectations, shouldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, I have implemented something similar on my out-of-office, though. I have an out-of-office that, that responds to every email. Um, yeah. But I might just put it in the footer as well. Yeah. Signature. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good use for out of office. You know, listeners, you can have your out of office on all the time, um, and it could just say, you know, I'm busy working on all my clients' business, and I check and I will get back to you within four hours, three hours, whatever you decide uh, and that then takes the pressure off you having to deal with it because at least you know they've received some sort of a response from you it's a kind of acknowledgement so that's a really good idea that's a really good idea joe but mm. i think we're out of time today i think yeah. we've waffled on and messaged enough each yeah. other and whatever so i think listeners we would love to hear from you and tell us what you think of the podcast. What do you enjoy most? What kind of interviews do you like? And we would love to hear from you. It's always nice to get compliments. And it's also nice to find out what we may not be doing so well so that we can stop doing that and do better. So please do let us know and do leave us a review on Apple, on iTunes or whatever it's now called because it keeps changing its name um so do leave us a review it does help us and it and we want to keep bringing you wonderful podcast episodes you can get in touch with joe she's joe at jlb support solutions.co.uk or me shelly at tomorrow's va both our websites um, well if you're on the page you'll have access to both our websites from the resources and we'll see you next week you have been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We will be back with you again next week with yet another amazing episode. See you then.